0: International House of Horror. Guests and welcome back to the International House of Horrors Podcast, your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody gory in the macabre. I am one of your curators here at the House Joe Merle. And I'm the other one. I'm Josh. And I'm not in the same room anymore. <laughs> Josh is back in Germany, baby. Josh yeah. made it back home safely. Uh we were just talking right uh right before we started, and, and Josh says, he goes, This is uh this is the first time we've done this in a while. And I was like, shit, man, you're right. Like it's been yeah. Because you were, you were traveling, and then even before leading up to the traveling, and you said this to me last night, you're like, you know, we were recording on different days of the week. It's been so long since a, yeah. a Sunday that we have sat down on a Sunday morning to to talk spooky, spooky things. Um, yeah, but well, we're back. <laughs> yes, we are back. We made it back. Uh, we are here, um, and we got a kind of I – I don't even know what you would call it. Kind of just um, – kind of what we've been doing what we we both had some kind of event stuff going on yeah um so yeah we're gonna do our twilight zone and then talk about some maybe some things we've seen and then do a little uh a special celebration at the end celebrates a a great movie um so let's just do it man let's uh let's Let's kick it off i know it's been so long since we've watched (laughs) the twilight zone yeah (laughs) Like,
1: it, I, I had to check which episode I had to watch because it's been so long. What have I seen? What haven't I? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I hope I, know, I watched I know, the right one. <laughs> I know
0: right where we're at. I'm pretty sure um, the episode we're doing is episode 19 from season one. It is titled The Purple Testament. Uh, yeah, and that's it that's the one I've watched. That's yeah, cool. it was written by Rod Serling. The original air date was February 12th, 1960. And I did not get a chance to read uh, through this one firsthand. So I'm going to try and do the opening narration as best I can. And I'm this sure being said, <laughs> I was like, shit, how do I, I even forgot? I, I'm not saying my Rod Serling impression is any good at all, but I couldn't even remember how I was doing it. It's been so long since we've done a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to try, um, try my best here and see if I can knock this thing out. So here we go with the opening narration. Infantry platoon, U.S. Army. Philippine Islands, 1945. These are the faces of the young men who fight, as if some omni. I can't even say that word. Omni. Omniscent. Damn it. Um, As if some omniscient painter had mixed a tube of oils that were at one time earth brown, dust gray, blood red, beard black, and fear, yellow white. And these men were the models, for this is the province of combat. And these are the faces of war. I really screwed that up, but that's all right. I'm leaving it. It's I'm going okay. with it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I slept in. I was up uh, up a little late last night, so I'm still kind of just waking up, even though it's, so, it's still. So this is
1: basically like when we do an episode where I'm <laughs> <right>? over. <hungover. laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, you get the, the, tired, the tired Joe Merle. Um, I, and that's yeah, why but, I like to try and read through it at least once before I actually do it. For words like that, because it just pops out at you. omni okay, even if that's how you even say it. Omni, I don't know. I don't it's, know.
1: It's okay. The people have watched the episode and probably know what he said. Yes. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: um, so our big player in this one, a familiar face that a lot of people might know, is uh, Dick York, who would uh, go on to do uh, a ton of things. And William Reynolds, I feel like he looked really um yeah familiar with like 50s stuff like i'd seen his face before in like 50s tv uh and then uh, 60s and 70s but let's talk about the actual episode um we've got william fitzgerald he's this lieutenant serving in world war ii so this is another one of our world war ii episodes but not the germans this is uh (laughs) Yeah. yeah we're in the philippines um we're in the philippines fighting so we're not in Germany like we were. Well, I guess last time we weren't in Germany. We were. I can't remember where we were off the coast of because it was the uh, the sh- the ship with the U boat. Yeah, episode. but that
1: time the the German was the bad guy was a German. Oh yeah. The, um, even though we have bad guys, we don't see we don't them see because it's it's all about the platoon that's yeah. uh, stationed there.
0: Um, and so we get this Lieutenant Fitzgerald who serves under and what was Dick York was Captain Riker. He serves yeah. under Captain Riker, and he starts to have these visions where he can see who's going to die, essentially the and they did some really cool lighting effects with that. I, I love when they when they do yeah. that stuff, and we had talked about it. In, uh, I want to say it was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde where you would explain to me, even though you hadn't seen it, that they did most of his transformations with lighting. Oh, yeah, with,
1: with the lighting, yeah. Yeah. With, with him just moving his face in the lights. Yeah, and here they played with the lights as well. And uh, since, since we're just talking about the um, – yeah, he, he sees something in the people's face that gives uh, – that tells him that they're going to die next. That they're going to be the um, next one.
0: Well, no, at first he just said, I wrote these names down.
1: Yeah, okay. The first that's time he right, saw them, yeah. he just wrote them down because something fell off. And then those were the only four men killed. Right. And then he goes on to see the same face in people right before they die. And uh, what's what's funny is, um, so the, the uh, episode is called The Purple Testament. And even in, uh, in the German translation, the title is actually Die Farbe des Todes. So, The Color of Death.
0: Oh, that's and cool.
1: I felt like, so, okay, so... I guess if I combine those, the color of death is purple. How are they going to show purple on screen in right. a black and white movie? And so I was I was surprised by all the mentions of color in the title in this black and white movie. And I guess in the end, the purple testament meant something else because it had to do with Shakespeare.
0: Right. It was from uh, Richard the Third. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and we'll get to that when we get to the closing narration because he actually gave the line. But and again, this isn't our first reference to Shakespeare. Because we had gotten the <laughs> Hamlet stuff uh, a couple episodes ago. And I do want to mention that Barney Phillips shows up in this one, who's in quite a few episodes of The Twilight Zone, who I really like. He was um, Captain Gunther. So he, uh, yeah. I mean, he's in this one. He's in The Monster, not The Monsters do of Maple Street, The uh, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up. He's been in quite a few, though. I really enjoy him as, a, as an actor. So we got this guy he who can fun. who can see all this stuff. They everybody thinks he's crazy, of course, and send him to the the hospital to go get evaluated. And they're like, "Oh, I think he's okay." He continues to see these strange faces, and then all the men in the platoon are now going nuts. They're like, "Hey, we heard that you can, we heard that you can do it, and you can see. Tell us, like, don't leave us out. Tell us who who you think is about to die." Uh, and then eventually, yeah. near the end, we get to Dick. Um, uh, York's character who he sees right before they leave and Dick York won't listen to him he's like Captain I'm telling you you gotta go you gotta go or, or you don't gotta go you gotta stay yeah, here yeah. don't you go gotta don't stay go here. Yeah, if, if you know, go, you
1: die yeah, yeah and he doesn't die. believe him like he's the guy who who he, he was the first guy he told uh, about all of this that, right. he, that he can see who dies and he didn't believe him right away he sent him to the hospital he says it's all in your mind maybe you think you saw it but uh, you didn't and yeah, then he goes out and doesn't come back.
0: Yeah, and yeah. And he's like we, the only we one to... we lost was Riker, and we see the picture of his, um, you know, kids and yeah, and, and, and wife and, and wife. stuff on the.
1: And yeah, the other one says something about like uh, what a what a nice marriage uh, all gone now seven years. Like...
0: Yeah, two good kids. Yeah, without yeah. their without their dad and and I think the end of this episode is what really was uh, there was a good payoff in this for me.
1: Yeah,
0: ah, oh, the payoff if, was so good.
1: Even though I gotta say I did kind of predict it. Like this is an episode. I think this is the first one where I can say for sure I've never seen this before. Yeah, but I I could predict what how it was gonna end. It I, wasn't bad. Like it's it's a perfect no no. Ending. Yeah, it
0: wasn't it wasn't bad at all. It's, I think what is really good was William Reynolds acting with him coming to terms. Okay, yeah. I don't. It, and to me, it was almost him having this internal struggle of do I even want to live with this gift? And he made the decision to get in that jeep he knew he was yeah. gonna die but made the choice anyway to get in the jeep which yeah, i thought I, was really I love, good
1: i love the whole thing after he saw his uh he saw his own face in the, in the mirror and realized he's gonna die next and then he just he goes to the car. And the first thing we hear, is, it's an old one, but it's gonna work. Right. And then shortly after, oh, but uh, just so you know, there's there's a minefield out there, yeah. so you gotta be really careful. And he's like, "I've I i i am the best."
0: Right. Yeah. They. So, I mean, they really set it up like, okay, this guy's about to die. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like at the time, you know, you kind of. You almost, you didn't have to, but in a way you almost had to, to let people know exactly what was going on. Cause again, you and I have, you know, we've discussed this and at the time this show came out, there wasn't a lot of shows like this where you had the crazy twist ending. So you almost, there's a little bit of hand holding and yeah. explaining some of the stuff that was going on, but his performance really elevated the end of it for me. I thought he did a really good job portraying a man who's now come to terms and accepted that he's about to go die. Like he was yeah. almost content with it.
1: Yeah, really. And uh, I, I thought like uh, when when we saw the we we could see in his face what he felt really. And uh, right. at the end, when he then looks at his uh, at his driver, and I felt like almost we didn't need to see that scene of uh, the driver's face because we saw from his reaction that the driver had the same face, right? The 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 face of death on him. So, I like the uh,
0: I like the shot of the broken mirror with all the faces in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. That looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall, really good episode. I really enjoyed it. It was good performances um, across the board. I didn't get a chance yesterday. I planned on reading the the book about this one, but I did not. Uh, uh, yeah, the trivia, yeah, yeah. I did not get a a chance to. Um, but it a looks like
1: look. uh, Rod Serling wrote this himself. So that's, yep. uh, that's cool because yeah, most of them are like adaptations of some sort. <laughs> as far as we know, mostly Richard Madison.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But this one this one is an original.
0: Yeah, which is always good. Um, and Serling had seen war himself. Like he had been in war. There was a great book that I read. Oh, it wasn't too long ago where people had done a bunch of short story tributes to the Twilight Zone. And one of them was actually about Rod Serling while he was in war. It was really neat. Oh, okay, um, that's
1: cool.
0: Yeah, he had seen it. Okay, so let's do our uh, let's do our closing narration. Uh, and then one we can... more thing. Oh, I yeah, just, I just yeah. read
1: on uh, on the IMDb trivia that actually you just said he was in war. Actually, Rod Serf, uh, Serling served in the U.S. Army's 511th uh, Parachute yeah, Infantry Regiment, 11th Airborne Division during the liberation of the Philippines, where this episode is set. Yeah. So he was actually right
0: there basically (laughs) and there's i wish i could find that i wish i knew what book that was in where did i get that book but it was a really cool story where somebody wrote about him i mean it was like his story being a paratrooper and coming in and uh yeah it was really neat uh okay okay Okay. so let's do the closing narration then we'll move on because i feel like we're gonna end up talking for uh for quite a bit today yeah um So the closing narration for this episode, we'll see if I can do better. And then I actually pulled up the pronunciation of that word I couldn't say because I need to listen to it. It's funny. So whenever I find words, even in books that I'm reading that I can't pronounce or can't say, I underline them or I highlight them and I try and figure out what it makes me crazy to think that I can't can't pronounce something. So we'll do that after this. But uh, all right, here we go. Closing narration. From William Shakespeare, Richard III, a small excerpt. The line reads... He has come to open the purple testament of Bleeding Boar. And for Lieutenant William Fitzgerald, a company, 1st Platoon, the testament is closed. Lieutenant Fitzgerald has found the Twilight Zone.
1: (laughs) All right, let's see
0: if we can actually hear this. I gotta make sure my phone's turned up. All right, hang on. Omniscient. Omniscient. Damn it. I should know that. I was saying it all (laughs) wrong. Omniscient. Okay. Okay. Yeah, always it's, learning, Josh. You got to always you gotta we're, always we're be learning. we always learning. Always learning yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't even know how that word is written because it's, you read it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. I guess if okay, I would have yeah. tried a little harder, I could have seen it was omniscient. But like I said, I'm tired. Leave me alone, people. <laughs> um, okay, so I do want to mention real quick, I'm very excited while we're still talking about the Twilight Zone, that I actually got my tickets yesterday to go see uh, the Twilight Zone Fathom Events. Which is, um, it's so cool. They're doing a remaster of six uh, kind of, you know, quintessential episodes of the Twilight Zone. Do you know which six? Yes. So I'm trying to pull it up right now. I know one of them is, let me see if I can remember before I even get there. It's Time Enough at Last is going to be one of them. Uh, The Monsters are due on Maple Street, which is the one I'm the most excited about um what were the other ones i want to say walking distance is another one okay and i can't find all the information here but i know walking distance was one and then there's a a little documentary short they're doing called remembering rod Serling. rod Serling about the the life and kind of the creativity that went into the twilight zone oh you know what i think uh to serve man is going to be one of them which is a good one about the aliens and the the cookbook And then also possibly Eye of the Beholder. I think I only saw the list one time, but I know it looks good. I am excited about it.
1: I, I haven't seen the episode To Serve man. I only know the uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror <laughs> episode where they're like, there's this book and they blow the dust off right. and then there's more to it. And then they blow more dust off and there's more to it. <laughs> How to
0: cook for humans. And then, yeah, there's more. And then there's a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was such a fun, fun. Uh, twi- they did a few of them, too. They did a, kind of a talkie Tina episode with the crusty yeah. clown doll for yeah. the Treehouse of Horrors. <laughs> I, and, I think at,
1: at some point we, we need to do an episode on the Treehouse of Horror. I've got like 12 uh, seasons
0: of The yes. Simpsons here. <laughs> I would love to. I've got all the seasons of The Simpsons that I could get, but they stopped doing the DVDs and Blu-rays around season I – I, th- I know I got a season 20 when that one hit, but there was quite a few of them. But now they're all on the FX app. I can watch all the episodes there. Oh, but I think I have on cool. iTunes just a few Treehouse of Horrors collections. Because I love Trials of Horrors. Love yeah, Trials of Horrors. Horrors are the best. Yeah, so much fun. Um, so yeah, I'm okay. excited about that Twilight Zone thing, though. I think that's not until November, though. So it's going to yeah, be a little uh, little um, while. Phil,
1: who uh, was here on the episode last week and uh, jumped in for me. So thank you, Phil, uh, from uh, My at Heart. He yeah. uh, actually commented on your, uh, on your post, I think, that I should come to the U.S. Yeah. again yeah. To, to join you.
0: <laughs> you got to come back. You got to come back in November just to go watch the Twilight Zone on the big screen. Um, all right, so um, we're going to get into something at the end of the episode, but I think we would uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it at at the beginning, at least first before we start talking about all this stuff. But just sad passing, uh, Sid Hag passed away recently, which um, you know we're going to get into when we first started talking about doing this episode. I, I you know, said let's do a Spider Baby episode. Because people love him as Captain Spaulding. They absolutely love him. But the dude's career was so rich with yeah. with amazing characters. And Spider-Baby is one that I, I feel I'll, any reason to talk about Spider-Baby, I get excited about. Um, so we are going to get into that at the end and talk a little bit about Sid. And then you had seen some stuff this week. And uh, I had seen some stuff, uh, some cool stuff this week that we wanted to chat about as well. So, But why don't you start? Because I really want to hear what you have to but you have to say about a certain movie that you had a chance to see uh was it yesterday
1: uh, uh two days ago yeah friday evening okay um i went and watched uh in memory of sid Hag basically i watched uh Three from hell the new rob zombie movie the the third iteration of the firefly family the the sequel to the devil's reject so like this was I think we even talked about it on the show before that we are excited about this yeah. because it is yeah it is the next uh the next in the in the trilogy and those are I think we both agree on that those are his best movies House yeah. of a Thousand Corpses and uh Devil's Rejects and uh, so I was excited but I was also cautious because yeah recently uh, even though I liked his movies Rob Zombie didn't really catch me and uh make me like love the movies like i do with the devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses and uh yeah i uh went to the movie and it it isn't as good as the other two no. i feel like this is another um this is just another rob zombie movie who did you uh, who did you go to the movie with uh, a good friend of mine dave he's he's always going to the movies with me he uh he loves uh cinema as much as i do i think he went to the cinema like five times this week
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice and, now did he uh, see um had he seen rejects and house of a thousand corpses i think
1: he's he's seen rejects but he hasn't seen house of the thousand corpses
0: because it's probably so, banned in germany huh
1: <laughs> yeah no it isn't anymore but it was i think
0: oh really yeah. That seems like a movie that would be banned. You guys will ban Space Jason, but you won't ban House of a Thousand Corpses. So weird.
1: Yeah. And Devil's Reject was actually never banned over here. So uh,
0: that's something to think about. That's
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he he hated it. He didn't like it at all. He was very disappointed. Okay. And I, I kind of, because I expected it not to be as good as the other two, I was kind of... Uh, yeah it it was okay it uh yeah sadly um i i think i've even read that he wanted to do more with sid hag right but, but he sick. went to visit him and sid hag looked just like he couldn't do it so uh but i think he had to put sid hag into the movie or else he wouldn't have get the financing from lionsgate so uh he had just one scene with sid hag and it was a it was a really good scene, and I was really happy to see Sid Haig on screen one more time. Yeah, and it it felt a bit like it was kind of crazy because at the finish, at the at the end of the movie, Sid Haig wasn't dead yet, right? The actor, but the movie feels like it's already paying homage to. Uh, oh, really?
0: Um, yeah, to Sid. Well, Hag. yeah, and, I had read some of the stuff that Rob said after he died, and it sounds like Rob knew that Sid was battling something or was sick with something. For a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, from what I had read. And it's just, yeah, it's a bummer that... Um, but, you know, like you said, it's nice that he was able to get on screen one more time, especially playing a role that's probably his most iconic.
1: Yeah, that's that's the one he's famous for. That's yeah. that's his role. Yeah, and it, it, it was sad seeing him, but also he he's just like such a presence like even he he looked old he looked weak but it, it fit in the story so that was already good like zombie put it in there it made sense and he uh and he still had like the the same facial feet like he still you know he plays a lot with his face and is just like an asshole in this movie yeah. movies and he still even though he was weak and you could see he was old he still kind of brought that joy to to your face when you hear him talk nice okay <laughs> but yeah the rest of the movie it's it's more of the uh of the three now they put uh what, what's his name richard Brake, in, in yeah it, uh, as the as the new uh third guy and he he was doing a good job and i like that they didn't try to uh to get a new sid hack they just Put someone else from the family in there. It's the half brother,
0: (laughs) right? He's Otis's half brother. Well, I guess Baby's half brother too, then, right? Because yeah, yeah, Baby's Otis's sister.
1: Yeah, and um, I got for the rest of the movie, it's just more or less the same as Devil's Reject. As in, there's just more fucked up stuff happening, and those characters doing fucked up stuff. But in Devil's Reject, you know, there's this turn towards the end where suddenly you almost start rooting for the for the rejects yeah. for the our main characters because there's a character even more fucked up. And in this movie they they even try to do that but then have that character like basically they they set him up as the big bad guy that's going to uh, end it all and I was actually rooting for that guy because yet the, the firefly family they are fucked up and you want them to die. We need something to root for them and we didn't get that in this movie. Uh, there there is a new bad guy set up and they they make him out to be like the the worst and once he gets there it's all over and i was kind of excited because these characters have been such assholes this whole movie That i was excited to just get them have them uh killed or something and then that character is just like he's he he doesn't do anything i think in the movie the the new bad guy and so uh yeah that was the, the whole ending was disappointing. If they'd done another, another turn and put something in there, but yeah, they, there was no obstacles for the main characters. It was all just going great for them the whole time. And that's kind of annoying at, at a certain point, especially if you have such asshole characters, like right. These characters just suck, and we love them because they suck because they're the worst. But we want them to at least have some sort of problem. And in this one day, they just have a good time, basically.
0: So is okay. So without, um, like, if you had to give it one out of five, you were rated. Did you already rate it on Letterbox?
1: I think I did. Let me see. I I think I uh, I did, and I probably, if if you'd ask me right now, I'd say like maybe three, maybe three and a half out of five stars. Uh, Yeah, I gave it three out of five stars on Letterbox.
0: Okay, it's not too bad. No, it's, it's, it's still
1: enjoyable. They're still uh, the, the same characters, and uh, there's some awesome gore in it as well. Even though some of the stuff looked really cheap in this movie.
0: Was it CGI but, blood like there was in. I remember the CGI blood in Rejects that I just didn't like at all.
1: Yeah, there's some CGI blood here as well.
0: Which is so weird, because I just listened to Rob Zombie on Joe Rogan. Um, a friend of mine, Daniel, had recommended it to me, and I listened to it, and it was a really good interview. And he was talking with Joe Rogan, though, about how much he doesn't like CGI blood and how it'll always look uh, – or practical effects will always look better than than CGI. Yeah, so, so I don't know why Yeah, why he went that route. Yeah,
1: there, there's some, there, there's some uh, CGI blood in there, I'm pretty sure. And also, um, and that, that's kind of weird because some of the movie looked really amateurish, like in the, uh, uh, like it was shot by by someone at home. Uh, okay. And that that felt like for the first movie for Devil uh, for House of the Thousand Corpses. That was that was okay because that was like his first movie, and it still looked pretty good but with this one by now it it felt weird to have some of the shots that looked uh yeah not like done by a professional.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's still it's still enjoyable if you like rob zombie movies, you're gonna get a kick out of it and there's lots of crazy fucked up characters in it as usual. Uh yeah, but it's it's not as great as Devil's Rejects. I mean, I'll be I'll
0: I'll be watching it anyway. It hits uh, video on demand on October fifteenth, so I'm sure I'll <laughs> buy it as soon as it yeah. comes out because I do always have said it many times. No matter how many times I get burned by Rob Zombie, I'll always support the guy's art. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll always always support his art. Um, all right, cool. So uh, yeah, I, and you know that's kind of the same thing I've been hearing from a lot of people. What you just said. Is It's not as as good as everybody was hoping it was going to be, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to check it out. Then maybe we can talk a little bit more. And the other one, though, that uh, you had gotten a chance to see, which is so funny because it came out video on demand here. uh, (laughs) And then it came out for the first time in the theater over there. Yeah. But we both got a chance to to watch it and i am excited to hear your thoughts because i i'm not sure if we'll we'll agree now you had seen oh. hereditary correct
1: no i haven't seen Hereditary. Oh,
0: okay yet. so yeah. you haven't seen hereditary yet yeah um so
1: just for anyone listening we're talking about midsummer oh yeah which
0: is, <laughs> which we're talking about midsummer
1: that, like we watched on the same day i think i went to the cinema and you watched it at home because yeah. it came out so this is the and- new
0: ari aster movie Yeah, who uh, who is, you know, really made a name for himself with Hereditary because everything before that was short films. So he's really only done these two movies. He's only done Hereditary and Midsummer. and Hereditary. I need to go back and rewatch. I've talked about it before. I'd seen it in the theater, but it was a pretty poor theater experience. There was this this guy behind me who was and I don't know if he had some sort of a learning disability like I hate you know give somebody a hard time if they do yeah. but he was like behind us the whole time and he just kept talking like how long is this movie and when we first got oh, there no. he's like where's my dad has anyone seen my dad like screaming just sitting there by himself Um, oh no okay that sounds like a miserable experience so I need to rewatch it because everybody loved Hereditary like really enjoyed Hereditary um, said nothing but great things and then this new one came out so there was a lot of people very excited about it said okay this Ari Aster did a good job with Hereditary so let's see what he does with mid mid midsummer and this is one that I also feel I might have to go back and rewatch because I just I liked it but it was so fucking long Like so long and I feel like so much of it dragged. There were moments where I was like, That's really good. Like that's really good. And one of my favorite things in the movie was actually the um when they were tripping on mushrooms at the beginning. (laughs) Because I felt like that was so much what it's like to actually trip on mushrooms when the guy's like, I think I'm gonna lay down. And I think everybody else should lay down. Everybody come on, (laughs) Andy. Can you lay down? Yeah, you lay down. Yeah, just lay down. Um that felt really authentic. Uh it's a beautiful movie, like beautifully shot, and it is rare that we get a horror movie that takes place almost completely in daylight. Everything happened it still during the works day, like right. it does here. So I just
1: gotta say, um I think so far, this is my favorite movie of the year.
0: Oh, you're that, crazy
1: and i I just enjoyed every second of it. For for one, I'm a big fan of The Wicker Man. And I feel like this is just a Wicker Man uh, remake.
0: In a lot of ways, yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's the exact same. It's it's just other characters and other reasons. But it's the same thing. It's characters getting there because they were actually wanted there. And um, yeah, then there's something happening. And I mean, that, that's not a spoiler, right? Everyone who goes into this movie knows that this yeah is you know be from a, the trailers
0: that yeah, it's, a, it's a cult movie, a pagan yeah, cult. yeah,
1: It's a cult movie, and all the characters are going to at least partly die or something in that way. so
0: oh, and well, you I, know what there probably will be a few spoilers for this movie, so if you haven't seen it yeah. yet, spoiler alert. We'll probably get into some details because there are some things that I do want to bring up, but I think that's kind of detail stuff. so if you haven't seen it yet and you're really excited, go ahead and skip ahead, maybe five minutes and uh, yeah.
1: Just know that I loved it, and Joe seems to not have. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I did not love this movie. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed pieces of the movie, and again, spoiler alert, because it's one of the one of the scenes that I thought was um, one of the most effective when she, after she sees her boyfriend um, in the weird sex ritual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when she, which was a weird sex ritual. But when she... There are
1: good sex rituals. This was a weird one. This was a really weird (laughs) one.
0: When she... uh, When they're all in the the lodging, the housing together, and all the women around her are like screaming and like imitating her, that was haunting. Like that was really so uncomfortable because she just wants to escape all this stuff and they're just surrounding her with this noise, like mimicking her pain and doing this like, ah, 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 and screaming and no, no, no. It was... uh, But that's
1: that's what they did throughout the movie right whenever someone was in in pain and screaming they would all mimic him yeah because they were so uh, that's what i read afterwards and it totally makes sense like these characters these people in this uh town were actually showing empathy that she didn't get from her boyfriend and anyone else around her and uh well I I just loved everything about this movie. Like from the from the minute it started, I felt dread because I knew what was going to happen. I just didn't know what exactly, when and how. Yeah. And so all throughout this movie, I was basically on the edge of my seat just wondering what's going to happen next, what's going to go on. And um yeah, then uh, there there's there's so many great scenes and <laughs> I, even though I kinda expected spoiler alert, like when the old guys got up on the mountain and then just yeah. the lady jumped down. I expected like when they got up there I said and now they're gonna jump down and, and die. And
0: the way the way she bounced off that rock though was fucking yeah. brutal.
1: It it, oh. it looked so realistic and oh Yeah and uh, then uh, even worse i i don't know why he decided to do a candle jump down there with the feet first well, I know. that's not a good <laughs> that's not a good idea to kill yourself and no
0: then, and yeah just both his bones just blow out the sides of his legs yeah that and then he,
1: he lays there they, they go there with the big hammer and smash his head in and that was ah but it, i did like it with the head smashing
0: me. though they didn't Um, the the sound was just normal. Like there wasn't a big like thwack or like splat sound when they hit him with the hammer. True, it was just how you would expect somebody to get their head smashed in with a hammer. Yeah, the the jumping and this movie had some great moments. I think it had some really good moments. But for me, they were all
1: connected, right next to each
0: other. I know. no, 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 it's not. But for me, part of the problem was it was just he would spend so much time on one thing that I was like, man, this guy's really. He's really into showing what he's doing, and I I guess I can appreciate it, but at the same time, I was like, this is taking forever to get where it's going. So one of my favorite cult movies like this is The Sacrament, the uh the Ty West movie, which I don't know if you've seen, yeah. but it's almost yeah, a com- it. Yeah, it's a complete like retelling of Jim Jones and those guys. Ah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I thought worked worked so well. This one is a little more artsy and you know kind of like hereditary but even with hereditary I felt like he took a long time to get where he was going and I get it if you want to be a storyteller like that but sometimes for me it just it felt like it was just dragging like even with the, the sex ritual I feel like went on forever like we kept going back which was weird when the old lady started pushing on his ass and um, like it was, it was a very uncomfortable <laughs> I, scene but oh, for, they're, they're, go, go ahead off. no no you're I, good
1: well, that that was something that really uh, worked for me as well. Was all that uh, you could say humor in the movie, where I was like, I I I'm never sure if I was laughing because it was funny or because it was like this, um, uh, you know, the, this this laugh you get when you're really scared and like you just uh, this nervous laughter. And I think yeah. for me, because these scenes were so weird and so absurd that they made me laugh in in this in this nervous kind of way, where it wasn't actually like. Laughing because it was so hilarious, but because I was I was on the edge anyway, and then this old ugly lady comes and pushes his ass into it, right. and I, and it, uh, yeah,
0: and and the the final thing for me I'll say about this is I just didn't think the end the payoff was all that great. I just didn't find because like you said we knew where it was going the whole time. Never yeah. once did I guess where it was going or wonder where it was going. You know, like to your point, yeah, you can be like, okay, what's going to happen? But we all knew, I knew where it was going. Without a doubt in my mind, I knew where it was going. And when it did happen, I wasn't, it wasn't like the wicker man where I was like, holy shit, like they put this guy in this thing and they're going to light him on fire. I knew, okay, yeah, something terrible is going to happen. There's going to be a big sacrifice and it's all going to be over. And then, you know, you get her at the end kind of smiling and maybe she finally found home. I did see this thing online though that was really cool that was someone was like, if is, if as if this movie wasn't scary enough, if you look and you should look up the image, her sister's face is actually in the trees right after they uh, make her the the May queen?
1: Yeah, I've it, heard that before. yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, look up the image. It's really haunting. like it's, it's once you see it, you'd be like, "Oh, that's terrible. Like yeah, that's a,
1: her, her sister's face all all throughout like we, we saw her a few times, I think. And uh, at one point she was laying there on the ground, and yeah, yeah she she that was a, a haunting. Like we haven't seen her without that thing on, but there was a haunting image all throughout the movie.
0: I mean, it was haunting. Uh, yeah, when she was when they found her, like when the, yeah. the cops go in there, and she's got that thing taped to her face, that tube taped to her face. Uh, but that so that was a pretty creepy image. This was not a bad movie. I didn't you know dislike this movie, but will I ever go back and watch this again? I really highly doubt it. I don't think oh, I'll really? go back.
1: I I wanted to rewatch it right away. I I was like uh, maybe maybe I can ask someone to go with me again and I just see it again. Yeah. Because uh I really yeah, I was really into it. I'm just so trying to look know, up the face.
0: Was, yeah, yeah, you looked that up and I really enjoyed um uh let me see what's her name. Florence Pugh. Yeah, she was really good.
1: She yeah, she wa- she was great and like just uh just on the on the plane to america i watched uh, wrestling with my family where she plays the main character as well
0: oh that was and, her yeah oh that's awesome and yeah she, she, her she's performance so was amazing yeah her performance was just i mean it was wonderful like she was and, so good
1: and the same with uh with uh jack rayner um like his character was was a real uh real asshole in this movie like that was probably the yeah. worst the, the the boyfriend the worst movie character <laughs> Ever like he was just, I he thought a he was scumbag. just an asshole, asshole to her, but then he also went to his to his friend and said, "I'm gonna write uh, my my thesis about and this." See,
0: for me, that didn't that whole <laughs> argument and them that between them didn't work for me. Oh, like maybe? oh no, yeah, for- yeah, them arguing about their thesis or their theses and yeah, that stuff. I was like, oh okay, I kind of get it, but at the same time, um, you know, it it just didn't work all that well, but yeah it, uh, yeah, it, I'd be it, it really helped hear. me
1: see that he's an asshole to everyone because it all the whole movie it felt like it was from her perspective and maybe he was just not her not a good friend to her and he they said at the very beginning he wanted to break up with her a year ago so i felt like maybe he's just an asshole towards her but no he's just a shit guy in general to all his friends to everyone
0: right and
1: yeah. uh What's also really crazy, what I just found out after I watched the movie, that Jack Rainer, uh that actor, he seemed really familiar to me. So I looked him up and he is maybe one of my favorite characters in Sing Street. And Sing Street is one of my favorite movies. Oh, Sing Street he's, is so good. Yeah, he's the he's the older brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and so he also did something completely different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see. Oh, he was in Free Fire as well, which I really enjoyed. Free Fire was a lot of good and in Detroit, which was another good one. Oh, um, yeah, he
1: was with Will Poulter. Will Poulter right. was, was he, the, the he's funniest always, part of yeah, he's game.
0: always good, yeah, he's always good, he's funny. Um, so yeah, it's one that maybe I will try and watch it again. It's just hard when it's that two and a half hour runtime, yeah, to go back and watch it again, but maybe I'll check it out again to see if there's something more there. But maybe yeah, it also oh,
1: helped that I saw it on the big screen, like in the cinema. Like I think that really added something with all these visuals like i was i could probably much more just take in the visuals that i saw yeah because
0: visually it's beautiful like it is a it is a
1: gorgeous movie gorgeous movie he used so many shots with mirrors and like (laughs) he was saying a lot in this movie i feel feel like like yeah there's so many shots where we see i like that shot at the very beginning where they're just like in uh back in her room and she's talking to her boyfriend and he's sitting there in the mirror. And we see him in the mirror, and she's looking towards him. So both characters are looking into the camera while they talk. Oh each yeah, other. that was
0: cool. That, then, was, that looked yeah. really
1: cool. And there were so many cool mirror shots in this, in general. But already, it's it's just a great movie. I I loved it, and I could go on talking about this. <laughs> also, I gotta say, my friend who hated uh, Three from Hell, he also really hated that movie. Did he? So like, <laughs> yeah. So he he was really really down when two days in a row he went to we yeah saw these back to back, both at like ten p.m. in the evening and so he was he was really uh uh, not that happy that he watched two movies in a row that he really did like
0: (laughs) well good i'm glad i'm not the only one uh (laughs) all right so we'll we'll move on real quick and we've got one more thing um just real quickly i'll touch on this before we we get into spider baby and that was on thursday night uh donnie and myself a good friend of mine Got to go down to Royal Oak to an evening with Bruce Campbell. And <laughs> I, I, it was actually an evening with Bruce Campbell and the Evil Dead 2. And I got some tickets from a very, very good friend of mine. Ended up giving me some tickets. He's like, hey, you want to go to the show? So we took the tickets, went down, and it was abs- it was it exceeded my expectations in every way. So the Royal Oak Theater, um, the music theater is a really cool old um, theater that's been converted. It's got a stage and stuff. And they'll set chairs up in there for stuff like this. Uh, But what made it extra special is Royal Oak is actually where Bruce Campbell is from in Michigan. So it's where he was born. Like him and Sam Raimi were both born in the same hospital. Like they used to hang out in those places. Um, One of Bruce's brothers was there in the uh, audience doing stuff. (laughs) And then I think Ted Raimi was actually down the street doing another movie, kind of like the same thing Bruce was doing. Uh, So it was really cool. And so what it was is we went in, um, Bruce comes out, does an introduction, and then everybody watched Evil Dead 2 together. And then he came back out at the end and did like an hour of (laughs) Q&A and just talking to the audience. So first off, it was amazing to see Evil Dead 2 on the big screen. So much fun. And with those people, you know, I'm normally a person who goes into a movie, anything I'm going to see, I don't mind if there's some, you know, clapping and stuff. But for the most part, I I like to enjoy a movie in quiet and just take it all in. (laughs) But with Evil Dead 2, every single person who was there wanted to be there specifically for that movie. So (laughs) there wasn't anybody heckling the screen or anything like that. It was just people enjoying it, and it was such a cool energy because even when he cuts his arm off for the first time, like the whole crowd went nuts. Yeah! You know, they're screaming. When he says it for the first time, groovy. Everyone's like, <laughs> yeah! You know, going crazy. So the energy was was so cool watching that movie. And then Bruce comes back out, does his Q&A. What I'll say about Bruce Campbell is he is everything in person that you think he would be. He is, he is a hundred. I mean, so funny taking yeah. questions from the audience. Like he was firing back. He's got that charisma. He's got everything that you want him to have. And even when he's not answering you direct, you know, like not giving you the direct answer to the question. Um, like, somebody was like, where's the, the 88 Delta at? And he's like that piece of shit car. He's like, you want to know where that piece of shit is? And he kind of shows on his hand like a map of Michigan. But then he gives all these stories about how Sam, which I wasn't aware of, put the car in pretty much every movie he's made that car is in. And yeah, even I, I knew that, yeah. Yeah, even in Quick and the Dead, it's um they they stripped <laughs> the whole car down and built a wagon on top of the chassis of the car. Which I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and then he got into a lot of the making of the movie, you know, people asking about that, people talking about burn notice, but the one thing that I didn't know that I was happy he kind of went into, he's like, after we made this movie, um, you know, horror was the most accessible genre for us. We wanted to make another movie. So we tried to make, I think it was crime wave was the one that they made after that. That was not successful at all. He's like, so we decided to go back to the evil dead, but what had happened, he even asked the audience, he's like, is it a sequel or a remake? And this guy, the one guy in the audience just goes, yes. And he's like, that's right. He's like, yes, that's the best answer you could have. And what I didn't know about The Evil Dead is when they made part two, they couldn't get the rights to the first movie. It was completely out of their hands, so they didn't have the ability to make a direct sequel. And I guess him and Sam had talked, and they were like, fuck it, nobody saw that first movie anyway, right? So let's just... Because yeah. there's he even says it, he's like, what kind of asshole would Ash be if he goes back to the same cabin after all that horrible stuff happened? He's going to go back yeah. with his new girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> and then he said the same thing happened with Army of Darkness. They couldn't get the rights to the first two movies, so they couldn't yeah. make the, the, direct, um, the direct sequel. And he gave this great explanation of if you wanted to you should make a super cut of the movie. He's like, this is where you cut the first movie. This is where you cut the second one. Put them all together and it'll make sense. He's like, it'll, it'll all make a lot better sense. Yeah, um, I've,
1: I've heard about the whole uh, rights thing because that was also why in the uh, in the TV show uh, Ash was Evil Dead, they couldn't mention that he also went to medieval times because uh, yeah, they couldn't was, get the
0: rights to the movies.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, which is so I, – I didn't know any of that stuff. And hearing him explain it was so cool. And the guy was just um, unbelievable. So Donnie and I had a great time going down there, hearing Bruce talk. Got an uh, autographed copy of his new book, which is always cool. To, uh, so I've got like one from him. I think I've got a couple other like Roger Corman book that's signed and Kevin Smith books and all this stuff. But I like collecting those, uh, those things along the way. But Bruce is absolutely everything you want him to be in the world. He's, he's, you know, up there in like a smoker jacket, just looking super clean. I mean, he's Bruce Campbell in every way possible. It was so much fun, man. So much did, fun.
1: Did you get to ask him any questions? Was there anything no, no, you... No, no, <laughs> no, I
0: didn't, I didn't holler anything out. There were so many people with their hands up and he was picking as best he could. And, um, yeah, I was just more taking it all in, just enjoying it yeah. and sitting back. Cause he's so funny. He he yeah. really is. He's a great, he has great comedic timing and, um, yeah. So it was cool. It was very cool. Evening with Bruce Campbell. That if you ever get a chance, awesome. yeah. If anyone ever gets a chance to go see him do it, uh, I would highly recommend it. Maybe it was, next uh,
1: year when I get to the U.S. again. I, <laughs> right? Yeah, we can see
0: if we can find uh, an evening with Bruce Campbell. All right.
1: Yeah, I I, I want to rewatch Baba Hotep now because he's so funny in that as well. Ah, like,
0: oh, Baba Hotep, so good, so good. He, it's but
1: all because of Bruce Campbell. Like it's just him. He. he Just watching him, no matter what he's in. No matter
0: what he's doing, even in Burn Notice, where he's not playing, you know, a super over-the-top funny character, he's still great. He's still fantastic. Um, All right, so let's get on to our final topic. Final topic for today, a movie that you and I have mentioned many times. Actually, if you look at our thumbnail on Instagram, when I created that thumbnail, I used an image from this movie. Yeah, because it's one that i think and it's great if you've never seen it it's uh, it's public domain i think it's yeah. it's everywhere yeah you can watch it on youtube you can watch it on tubi you can watch it uh i almost watched last night but i didn't um because i just wanted to see the original there is a colorized version out there
1: i i started that today but it's uh it's really bad like it's not really colorized it's just like the screen is tinted in different colors
0: Oh really? The,
1: you mean the YouTube version, right? That's
0: that's. I think YouTube. so. That's, yeah, uh, that was the one that I had seen.
1: Yeah, uh, I I started that one, and the, the quality was really good because I was looking for the best quality, and I decided, hmm, let, let me try the, the colorized version. But it's just like the the opening is all uh, tinted in in purple. Then the first scene is all tinted in in, in a brownish color, and so it's it's just uh, it's just the whole screen tinted. It's not like every character colorized like they did with. Night of the Living Dead. I was seeing,
0: example. seeing. I'm looking at the IMDb right now, and there's an image of um, I can't remember what her Jill Banner uh, in color, and it looks good. The whole thing looks colorized. Oh, so
1: maybe they did that as well, but that's not the one on YouTube. On YouTube oh, okay. is a really
0: shitty one. <laughs> okay, so we are we are talking about 1967 Spider Baby or the maddest story ever told, uh, directed and written by Jack Hill. Who did a lot of exploitation stuff. Like that was kind of his his thing, yeah. what he did. And he also did um did you ever see Pit Stop? No. About the um uh the figure eight racing, like uh stock car racing almost. It was really oh, cool, and it's got Sid Hag in it as well. If you get a chance, <laughs> yeah, it's watch cool. it, it's another Jack Hill movie, and so uh, it's um kind of the teen angst um kind of road movie. But it's, uh, it was super cool. But Spider-Baby, are the maddest story ever told. So it stars, the big name in here is Lon Chaney Jr. Um, he's a little bit further along in life. At this point, he plays Bruno. Um, and then you've got Carol, Omar as Emily, Quinn, Redeker as Peter, Beverly Washburn as Elizabeth, Jill Banner as Virginia, and Sid Hag as Ralph. And then Carl Sch- Schna- Schanzer. Schanzer as schlocker so they really did a good job changing his name around shane <laughs> to schlocker mary mitchell as Anne, and then uh Matt morland as the messenger okay. this this movie opens up with some of my favorite credits i love yeah. the opening credits to this movie the song and everything
1: <laughs> that the, the song is great like sung by lon chaney himself it's the yeah. maddest story right yeah <laughs> <laughs> He, he's so good in this. Uh, the the whole movie, Lon Cheney is, but just like the, the the opening already, he has such a joy in his voice. Like it's yeah, it's like the um uh, like the, the monster match with uh, yeah yeah. Wait, was that Vincent Price or was that uh, Boris Karloff? No, that was a guy doing the, but. Karloff also did some songs and Karloff, Price also did Karloff some songs. Karloff
0: did. Um, I always remember Karloff from the Grinch, the animated Grinch movie. He yeah. did the uh, the narration for that, which I always loved. You're a mean one, and he would do the. Or he didn't do the singing, but he did the talking. Um, but this one, yeah, the the credits are so much fun. You get these little kind of cartoon faces that pop up here and there in the spider webs. And after rewatching this yesterday, it's one that I'll look for any reason to rewatch. I've seen it, you know, probably 10, 15 times. Uh, I absolutely just love the movie. But after rewatching yesterday, my biggest takeaway from it is this movie, I swear it gets more fucked up every time I watch it. Like there's something there's something else that I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's what that's what's really going on here. Um, And it's got uh, that first kill is terrifying. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so good, <laughs> and it's
1: it. It starts off the the movie starts off kind of like all, all the way at the beginning. It's like funny, basically. Like yeah. first we get that, that song at the opening, then we get that that postman driving around on his bike, and he has all his extra- expressions are like over the top <laughs> and right, like in a comedy, like a character in a comedy would react. And then, like he, he asked some people, uh, "Where's the wait? What's the name of the Mary and the Mary House?" The, the Mary, house. The Ma- Mary House, yeah. And, but you know uh, what? We
0: should say even before that, we get um, Peter talking to the camera about what Mary disease oh, is. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Which about Mary, the yeah, Mary disease is isolated to one specific family, the Mary family, and it's a regression, a mental regression that takes place. So as the the children get older they mentally regress and it says they can go all the way back to kind of pre um fetal mentality and they just they're like primal and they turn into cannibals yeah. so the older they get the kind of um the slower they get and the more primal they get uh, but and then whole we the
1: disease into- was uh, eradicated uh, 10 yes. years ago yes. and then he opens the book and we zoom into the story right and yeah, then the the postman he asks where the merry house is and gets like, even if there was such a house, we wouldn't tell you where it is. And right. she, the, the mother, pulls her children in, and then he 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 just trucks it off, drives on, and then for some reason, somehow knows that they're yeah. to go there in this where it's not even a real way; it's just like off the road. And he finds he finds the house, and then his then he he goes to the door and wants to open it. Uh, wants to look if it's open, like the gate, and the, the chain just falls off, and the door, opens, right. the gate opens on its own. And he's already scared. He's going back to his car, and at that moment, his his car just uh, um, uh, turns off and doesn't work anymore. Right. So he shrugs and then,
0: okay. And brings the letter and even, in, and yeah, then, even when he's up there and he's like, please, somebody be here. Please, yeah. anybody be here. You're right. His acting is super over the top. Yeah. And then he's just brutally
1: stabbed to death by a girl. By a well, not, girl. E- not
0: even just brutally stabbed to death. We get he puts his head like not even just his head, half his body in through an open window and the window comes down and traps him in. And then we see the inside of the house for a minute and Virginia comes around the corner. And she's like, oh, and she comes up with her, um, like, a, a netting with of some net- sort. Yeah. yeah. Throws it over to him and she's, or throws it over top of him. She's like, I got you. And then she pulls out these huge knives and is like, now the bug gets a big stick or something like that, or a big poke, something. And she yeah. just starts, like, brutally stabbing this guy and slices off, like, his ear falls down onto the ground. Yeah, just just suddenly his ear falls off. Yeah, which was a super great um, a super great kill. I always loved that introduction of her. I remember the first time seeing this movie, I was like, "That's creepy. Like that's yeah. really creepy for this woman to come around the corner. Like I'm the spider. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then um, and then her
1: sister shows up.
0: Yeah, Veronica or was it Virginia? Virginia, yeah. Or no, and- I'm sorry. Virginia is the spider. Um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth yeah. is. Uh, Beverly Washburn played Elizabeth, and she was really good. And she's almost like a young, like a five-year-old. Like, Daddy's going to be mad at you, and he's going to hate you for this. And then uh, Lon Chaney comes back, and we learn that he's been their, kind of their caretaker now for a long time. He's been overseeing them, taking care of these kids, and he's pretty okay with the fact that well he's not okay with it but they just kind of leave the body hanging out of the window while he's talking to them yeah like,
1: he, you he's be more good. like uh, oh no not again i told you not to do this and yeah like, like yeah sometimes a kid does bad things and then they need to be punished in a in that kind of way right like uh, right
0: yeah okay <laughs> yeah and i told you you can't hate people you're not allowed to yeah you shouldn't be <laughs> saying hateful things that's not nice uh, and that's when now Sid Haig comes in, who's been in the car. Ralph's been in the car, and uh, Virginia gets real excited about it. She's like, Ralph's back, Ralph's back. They go open the door. Sid Haig comes crawling out, and he plays this role so well. He's so good, yeah. Yes, as like a super simple, um, I guess you would just call it, yeah, 'cause yeah, because he was the oldest of the three, so he was closer to becoming a cannibal. Yeah. And and we'll learn a little bit later on in the movie about the rest of the cannibals who actually still live in the house. But Sid Hag finds this letter and the girls are like, oh, it's bad. It's a bad letter. They open it up and they find out that, was it the cousin's? Like second or third cousins. Yes.
1: People, uh, far removed family. Yeah. Right.
0: Are, are coming to see the state of affairs. They, what they want to do is get these kids out of this house because the house is beautiful. It's this, yeah. you know, giant just monster of a manor on all this land. So you have the family who's now coming to try and take away the land, remove the obstacles and then get all of the money or whatever they can for the uh, for the land. And so yeah. they all end up showing up. We got four of them total, which Peter's what? fine.
1: Well, it's it's only two are actual family, right? It's uh, uh, yeah, Peter is the is the good one, and then there's the uh, there's the sister, uh, the I think Emily, and then yeah. the other guy is uh is the is like the, the lawyer, the, the lawyer, yeah, uh, yeah. exactly, uh, Schlocker, Schlocker, right? Yeah, yeah, and then his secretary Anne, and like right. Anne, Anne is Anne is all right because she's just there for her work, uh, the the lawyer is a lawyer and lawyers are always assholes in these kind of movies. Right.
0: Yeah. He's a true scumbag with his Hitler yeah. mustache and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and, and then uh, Emily was just in it for
0: the money. Yeah. She, she's yeah. in it
1: for the money. And I, I what, what was the reason why Peter was, because he didn't seem like the guy who's really all about uh, getting this house or getting the children out. I think he was just there because he was like,
0: because he was one yeah. of the last living relatives. Yeah, he, he think, was yeah. called
1: there. Basically, he didn't decide. I want this. Like with Emily, who really just wants the money.
0: Right. Yeah. And 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 they all show up. Bruno's having a hard time dealing with it because he doesn't want any of this stuff to be exposed or to come to light. And so yeah. they all sit down to have uh, dinner together, which is oh. That dinner scene. Well, even before that, we see I love the scene of Virginia acting like a spider. Where she's kind of on her stomach with like her arms out real far and her legs down real low. And then we see Sid Haig, we see Ralph um, chasing a, a cat outside. Yeah. And then once we get to dinner, the um they they pull the, the top off of the serving tray, and it's clearly the cat that, that Sid Haig had. Had found they're like oh well Ralphie got us this and they even explain it like the kids can't eat meat because it uh, furthers along the disease progression and they're they're real upfront about it they're like yeah it's because of inbreeding like that's why it <laughs> happened they're just uh, they're inbreds there's there's <laughs> no other way around it um, and we had yeah. kind of gotten a little quick look in the basement where Uncle um, Uncle Ned and Aunt uh i can't remember the aunt's name yeah but there's clearly people who are being kept down in the basement yeah um who are the rest of the family and so we're at dinner they they reveal the cat nobody wants to eat the cat uh they eat some of the mushrooms but then whatever virginia's eating oh (laughs) it's just so nasty so yeah, the, nasty
1: it 's a salad, <laughs> yeah
0: no no, no, she ate the yeah, she ate the other weird salad. The one salad was really funny, it was just like a bunch of tumbleweeds it wasn't even wasn 't even any kind of leafy greens or anything like that. It was just tumbleweeds, and that 's when Schlocker kills a spider at the table, and Virginia gets all which was yeah. a big spider to have on your table. It was yeah. huge, and he uh, smashes it smashes it with the the dinner plate. <laughs> Uh, let's see so yeah they have the crazy dinner and then they they talk
1: about how uh uh, how ralphie he he's okay he he is allowed to eat whatever he he whatever he
0: catches yeah yeah
1: because yeah they they even say like he he caught this for them and uh all all all, uh, throughout this the uh I, i always forget the names of the guys uh peter he's he's really nice to everyone like he uh yeah, let, let's have of the meat. Yeah, oh, that's that's nice. And he's, yeah. he's super friendly all throughout.
0: <laughs> he really is. He's, you know, he's, oh, well, don't worry about it. Just try it. It'll be okay. Um, he's really good to the kids. And, yeah, he's kind of more of a a normal guy. And then they, um, they decide that they want to spend the night there. And Bruno really is like, what the fuck? Like, they can't stay here. There's no way they can stay here. Well, there's a good inn down there. And we get to a point where Mary's going to go to, or not Mary, but Anne is going to go stay at a hotel. Peter's going to take her to a hotel, so they take off, and that's when the the murder and the mayhem kind of begins. Because you got Schlocker yeah. sneaking around, and he ends up uh, going down into the basement looking at things.
1: Oh, there, there, there was one scene before they even left that I thought was also really funny. Is when um, they, they're still talking about where to go. And uh, Schlocker peeks around the corner, and there's uh, there's Ralph uh, opening like a bookshelf to go through it. Yeah. And then then he he sees Schlocker and he just like uh, <laughs> reacts like uh, nothing to see here. He closes <laughs> the door again, and just like there's nothing here Yeah. without talking, of course, because he's basically right. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sid Haig was so good in this. He really is. That's uh, I mean I love him as Captain Spaulding, but as Ralph, he's just he's so much fun.
1: Also, do you also think that he looks a lot like Vin Diesel? Or is that just me?
0: That might be I, just you, but maybe a little bit. I, I feel
1: like he—he's bald. he's bald. He's got kind of the same shaped head. So I, I think in this, he looks like a, a tiny Vin Diesel, even though he was probably really big
0: in this movie already. Yeah, because he was already a super tall guy. Yeah. and um, But because he's
1: always like hunched together in this movie, he, he kind of just looks like Vin Diesel, I, I feel like. <laughs> But maybe it's just because he's bald.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably the bald thing. I would say more than it. Cause yeah, Sid Haig was six four. I mean, he was a he was a tall guy. He was a really yeah. big guy. Um, so they go on to uh them leaving to try and go find a hotel, and Peter tells her, like, hey, it's still pretty early. Why don't we have some some drinks first? And that was really funny when they get back in the car and he's clearly drunk. He's like, I don't know how many. They quit <laughs> taking the glasses away. I'd know how many drinks I had. Yeah, like um, he shouldn't be driving anymore. <laughs> no, and uh, but it's really creepy to watch Sid Haig peeking through the window at Emily, which I, <laughs> I thought that was all pretty provocative. I'm surprised they got away. I mean, it was 67. I was talking to Shane about it. When we were watching. I was like, it was 67, so I guess they could do it. But her dancing around in lingerie with, uh, you know, stockings on and all this stuff, and Sid Haig peeking through the window, super. Super yeah. uncomfortable. And then we get the scene of Virginia and Elizabeth saying goodnight to Daddy. They're like, are we going to go say goodnight to Daddy? And it's just a skeleton in the bed. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> and that's we don't really see good. the
1: skeleton. Like, she, she kisses it to goodnight and goes away. And then the camera slowly yeah. fades over. And we see, oh, it's it's a skeleton. Nice. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a skeleton up there. No big deal. Um, and then they end up down in the basement with, um, with Schlocker And such a great shot. I love that image of them backlit, the two girls at the top of the stairs, where you just have this really light silhouette of kind of bright light around each of them, so you can kind of see their shapes. And then he turns the flashlight on them, and they just have these crazy faces, just like psychotic faces.
1: Actresses were really good. Yeah, everybody
0: in this movie was really... Peter, I would say, was the only one who was kind of... It felt a little bit weird and out of place, but he was still good. But, the yeah, the girls were amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Lon Chaney. And, oh, you know what we forgot to mention at the, the dinner scene, the nod they did to the Wolfman, which I <laughs> thought was so good. It, that yeah. always makes it's me happy. It's a full moon tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he even goes back to like that face. It's a full moon tonight. Yeah. After, because um, Peter and Anne are talking about monster movies that they like. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I love Dracula and the mummy and the, the scrape, shh, scrape, shh, the mummy walking. <laughs> oh, do you like the Wolfman? And then I'm like, oh shit, they're going to do it. They're actually going to throw a little love to Lon Chaney for doing the Wolfman. (laughs) Um, So they end up uh, killing, well, no, Schlocker, they don't kill him at first. He gets pulled down into the cannibal pit. No, no, they do kill him because they send him up the. Yeah, uh, they they kill him and then
1: he goes, yeah.
0: Yeah, they send, and I like that when they open the dumbwaiter and his body's hanging out, the cigar is still in his mouth. Like, (laughs) yeah, that didn't fall out when you were moving a body into a dumbwaiter. He's uh, yeah. still got this cigar <laughs> hanging out. Uh, Emily sees Ralph in the window. She panics and is now running around looking for Schlocker, and she's the one who actually sees the girls trying to move uh, Schlocker out of the dumbwaiter, yeah. and that's when she takes off outside, which is another time where I was like, okay, this is darker than I remember it being. When they're chasing her around, first really good scene and reminded me a lot of, I feel like this is might have been where Rob Zombie got inspiration for House of a Thousand Corpses. When baby's chasing the girl in the field at the end, when they're doing the yeah. the burning of the bodies and stuff. So Elizabeth and Virginia are chasing Emily all throughout this field, and Ralph is the one who finally finds her. But when Ralph finds her, they really make it seem like he assaults her right there, like rapes her. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's fucked up. And and Virginia just stops and look, and she's like, oh, okay, is just like fine with it. Ralph is doing all these nasty things because clearly he was attracted to her, and that's yeah. kind of what was what was on his mind. It was um, it was pretty fucked up. I can't remember though. Where did Lon Chaney go? Why wasn't he there? I, I he he went uh, to
1: pick uh, something up for the children.
0: Oh, that's and right. That's
1: when he went and got the,
0: the, the dynamite. Yes, when he went, uh, <laughs> he said he was going to get a toy. And you yeah, know what? Though that's a, a really that was a really good scene of him crying and talking to the both of them. And they're like, "It's we don't want to go anywhere, Bruno. We just want to stay here forever and ever. And that's when he's like, okay, we can. You know, you see the light bulb go off, but he's got tears coming down. I thought yeah. Cheney Jr. did a great job right there.
1: Yeah, I think I've read that at the end of that scene, they um, they gave him, uh, like all the people after the scene was done, they gave him a standing ovation and the people at set were, were crying because uh, he did it so well.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, like it's it's very just so well acted, and he did a especially for an exploitation movie like this where he could have just phoned it in. He really showed up and did a an amazing job.
1: Yeah, and Lon Chaney Jr. He even though you shouldn't be calling him Jr. at that point because right. yeah, he's but the only one left. That, that, that's his name, but he uh, he was always like the, the the worst of the Universal guys. Like no one ever really said, "Oh look." How great Lun Cheney Jr. is uh, right. in any of the movies. Not like they did with Bela Lugosi or Karloff. Um, and he became a, a drunk and was an alcoholic, I think. And I think even at. I think there was something about alcohol at the set, even, I think I've heard. But I, I don't know. But he uh, he then got to. Uh, did this movie and was really, really good at it. Yeah, so, he,
0: uh, he showed up in. Um um, oh, yeah, it looks right here. His first wife divorced him for drinking too much, <laughs> which uh, which was – that was way back, though, in 36. So maybe he was drinking um, pretty heavy for a while. Yeah. I guess. That's um, – yeah, who knows. But yes, in this uh, one, he's, he's so good. Yeah, he it really is. And so now we've got – everybody's back at the house, and we know his plan now is to kill everyone – in the house, but Peter and Anne have to come back because there was nowhere to stay. Yeah, so they he, show- well,
1: well, they they actually just stayed too long in a bistro and drank, and he got really drunk, right? And then they they say like, okay, uh, no time to uh, get to another inn; it's way too late. We got to go back to the house,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, and he um, so they're all back now, and Virginia is playing spider with. Uh, Peter, which is really good. Because at first he's fine. He's going along with it. He's just yeah, like, he, oh, okay. Yeah. He's
1: going along with it all the way until she pulls out the knives and uh, comes up to him. Right. And he's like, what, what are you doing with those? And then he gets a bit scared. Yeah. And, and he's. And then I, it was
0: I, um, it was Elizabeth who kind of stopped it. She was like, "Come here, yeah. come here!" And In the like,
1: last second, yeah, she was literally standing over him with the knives in their hands. And then uh, yeah. uh, Elizabeth shows up, "Come here," because she wants to show us something. Well, yeah, and,
0: then, and the um, Emily had already been taken down to the basement and fell in with the, which was another really creepy scene where all the cannibals start climbing all over her when yeah. she falls down that hole.
1: Yeah, and uh, that rocking chair uh, Peter was uh, chained to. Was by the way actually a uh, um, an antique that they uh, that belonged to Jack Hill's grandmother, I think, and they destroyed it on set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. That sucks. Uh, oh, and yeah. when Jack Hill falls over and um, the spiders start coming out, all the <laughs> the tarantulas start coming out it was yeah. really cool. I absolutely love that. I love seeing yeah. all the the there, tarantulas there so many
1: great scenes in this movie for like a forgotten movie that was lost for many years.
0: Yeah. Cause they did, I was reading yesterday, they did a, I want to say there was a director's cut that came out mm-hmm. in maybe the early two thousands or something like that, which I would like to try and get my hands on. There was a special edition that they'd put out with a ton of behind the scenes and actually commentary with, uh, with some of the people attached yeah. to it i think like jack hill does a new commentary track i was like that'd be fun to watch i'd like to see yeah, you I've, know what he was thinking i just
1: read uh, that on the imdb that the the movie was lost for like until the 1990s yeah and then someone found like a, a vhs copy <laughs> that was going around but then for some reason jack hill came out and remastered it because he still had the master print somewhere and then that's when he also added the, the extra footage like there's a bit of extra footage there
0: Which would be super cool to see. And this is one movie that I would like to see a modern retelling of. Because I think, yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, we get some stories, like even House of a Thousand Corpses is very similar to this story. Just taking, you know, turning up the volume to 11. But this one is very, very similar to that, where you have this kind of weird band of family together. Um, So we're getting close to the end of it now. And uh, Bruno tells... Um, Peter and Ann that they need to get out of there (laughs) before everything happens. And then he sets off the dynamite and kills everybody in the the house together. And Bruno gives this great, we had mentioned the dialogue, but when he's talking to them about what's going to happen, he's like, well, yeah, but more bad men will come and more and you won't be able to stop them because there'll just be too many. And you realize that he's doing this almost out of compassion because he doesn't want these kids to be, you know, thrown into an asylum somewhere yeah. And live the rest of their days out like that. So Bruno kills everybody. And then uh, we get this great scene at the end. You know, Peter closes the book back up. He's now told us the entire story. <laughs> and he's like, well, the, the Mary line is finally dead. And his daughter goes outside and we see her staring kind of crazy at a spider web. And then we get this yeah. shot of a spider and it says the end question mark. Yeah. And they're like, is this yeah, really I, the I end? love
1: how, how he's like so. So sure, yeah, I was I was the only living member of the family, so I got all the money, and yeah, luckily, which turned uh, out to be I, a
0: lot of money. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I was I w- I was lucky that the uh, um, that this uh, the curse of the family uh, passed me by, and then we we cut right to her uh, the uh, the mother sitting there and the daughter coming up to her, and already right. when you just see the daughter coming up to her, you know it's gonna go on because she already looks uh right has sure. this certain feeling to her
0: she looks psychotic um so this was our little celebration of of sid Haig, uh and it is one if you've never seen it you've got to watch spider baby
1: yeah there's so many versions on it and most of the youtube versions are watchable are pretty good even
0: yeah the one the i bus- watched yesterday seemed like it was almost in i had to go through a couple of them before i got to one that i was like that's really clean yeah somebody did a great job cleaning that version of it up yeah
1: same here. Just make sure to not pick the, there's one with a like introduction uh, by by some woman and I I watched that because from the from the look that that movie the rest was really good, was really clean, kind of a bit too bright, but then I realized there were some weird jump cuts and I was like that wasn't an original movie. Then yeah. I realized they they kind of cut it for pacing and cut some scenes out just to have the I don't know why.
0: <laughs> right, it's just not um yeah there you make sure you find a good version of it but that but you know what i would say go to tubi there's a version on tubi which is probably one of the better versions tubi is i'm sure and i was just looking it looks like the estimated budget for this was only sixty five thousand dollars. they had to pay cheney more than that i would hope Uh, no
1: cheney got uh, a flat fee of 2500 i think uh, that was it and uh, all the the kid actors or, or all the actors even got a um, uh, hundred dollar a day. Wow! And uh, which was the, the same price as the the car that they rented for was, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is crazy. Yeah, and they shot it. They shot this movie in twelve days.
0: And and Jack Hill, you know, it's important to note he did. I mean, coffee, Foxy Brown. The guy did so many great uh, exploitation things that he's just. I, I will say though, you got to check out that uh, pit stop if you can. That might be on on um, YouTube as well, but pit stop is super cool. I will. So accept. yeah, and I think Jack Hill is still alive. I'm pretty yeah, sure he's he is. still alive. I just looked yeah. him up.
1: Yeah, he was born right. in thirty three.
0: <laughs> so Sid Haig, you will be missed, man. But thank you for all the cool stuff you uh, you did for us over the years, especially Spider Baby. It yeah. is just wonderful. It's amazing. Um, so that's it, man. That's our. Uh, that's about our show for today. We're at like an hour and 15 minutes, so that's not too bad. Um, and if you want to get into contact with us, it's IHOH Podcast on all the social media sites, or you can email us, IHOHpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, and if you'd be so kind as to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review, that would be wonderful of you to do. Um, and We'll read those out on the show. So for the International House of Horrors podcast, I've been Joe Merle. And I've been Josh. And we'll be back next week with more things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre.